0: hey everybody and welcome to comics and cinema i'm your host alex klein and boy do we have a movie to talk about today uh we are talking about avatar way of water the three hour and 12 minute james cameron epic that just released in theaters this week and here to break this movie down with me is our good friend of the podcast maya welcome
1: Hey, Alex, thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I uh, It's funny, um, I have not made it a secret that the first Avatar movie is like one of my least favorite movies. Uh, and I think there is a swath of fandom that feels that way, but there's also a ton of people that love this movie. And so I, you know, it's been 13 years since this movie came out, uh, or the first Avatar came out, and I haven't seen it. I hadn't seen it since the theaters. I did not rewatch it either. I wanted to go into this movie kind of fresh. Uh, just so that I could kind of judge it based on the film and not on also the first movie, and I was pleasantly surprised by this film. I uh, I'll, I'll talk about my feelings, but I'd love to I'd love to hear your thoughts. What did you think of Avatar: The Way of Water?
1: I thought this film was incredible. I know it might be too early to say, and I still haven't seen the newest Knives Out, but I feel like this is probably the best movie I've seen of the year. I absolutely and I I get that a lot of people watch films for different things but Alex you know my background around like sustainability regeneration circularity and I feel like there's a lot of bold statements same from the first one of you know not us being like just of the earth but one with the earth Um, I thought it was absolutely beautiful and how the movie just focused on like a lot of beautiful visuals, focus on family, like everything that I love was in this film and like the themes around it. So I absolutely adored this. Um I cried multiple times and I'm gonna go back and see it with my family this week.
0: <laughs> nice. So did you see it uh did you see it in like 3D or IMAX or anything
1: like that? I saw it IMAX 3D. Well in- how was that? It was great. I mean, my I don't really have an option. Like IMAX, they always just do IMAX three D. They never just have a normal IMAX version. Um. So, I mean, I thought it was incredible.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. We and we only saw it. We saw it in regular, and uh, and I'll admit, I was I was not like I said, I wasn't super eager to see this movie. I'm really glad that. Um, you pushed me to go see this a little bit, too, because you're like, I really want to talk about this movie. I was like, absolutely, let's do it. But my wife actually loves Avatar. So she loved the first Avatar. Um, and uh, I guess it was a very special yeah. movie for her because her mom really loved it as well. And so I was like, okay, well, then we're going to go see this movie opening weekend because I know she'll love it. And she was the same. She was bawling. She'd actually originally she was uh, kind of interested in being on this episode to talk about it. And I asked that I asked her afterwards. I was like, so do you want to, you know, would you like to record? And she was like, no, I'll just cry the entire time. And I, I think you hit on such an important piece of this. And one of the reasons I really liked it, which was the like. I'll say this as a nitpick. The plot is a plot. It's like, you know, it's not anything special. There's no secret thing about this plot that is like, oh, my gosh, this is fresh. But the visuals and the things that James Cameron chose to focus on is what made me like the movie. Like you said, I loved those extended scenes of just... He'll look at all these creatures in the ocean and and all these different types of, you know, environments and, you know, them going through the forests and flying through the sky. And I did really love that message, too, of how everything was connected. And I had forgotten that because I didn't watch the movie. I didn't rewatch it. So I forgot that they like have to connect their hair to the creatures but then like they they took it even further by connecting it uh sigourney weaver's characters like connecting it to other things too and i just mm-hmm. loved that I, I and it was weird i three three hours 12 minutes flew by and i was like i, I kind of wanted some more like i wanted i didn't want to leave like i wanted to stay on that that beach and just uh chill there but um but yeah no. the like i said the plot itself was um I mean, it's your basic, you know, oh, the vi- well, and it's the same villain. So it was like, OK, so yeah. well, like, how can we find another excuse? And now it's and I'll say this too: full spoilers for this movie. Uh, really, there's not much that you can spoil in this movie, because, again, it's not like this. It's not like a Marvel movie where we're teasing things out for the future, though. He did a really good job of teasing a couple of things mm-hmm. that I I was really impressed with, because, again, I was like. How, how can, it feels like maybe only James Cameron could make a movie this long and still put teases in it to future things that make you go, no, I want more, uh, mm-hmm. which is crazy. I did not feel that way in Avengers Endgame. And that movie was just about as long. Like when it was done, I was like, awesome. Like getting up, ready to go. But for them to end this movie on him saying, we'll be ready. And I was like, oh, that's like an Optimus Prime ending.
1: <laughs> no, di- okay. And I, I've been wanting to say this, to you ever since you got the movie, didn't you feel like this is almost similar to the Planet of the Apes?
0: Like yes.
1: films of just like the rise. Yep. The dawn, and I forget like the name war. So I feel like it's going to kind of go with that same type of pattern of um story because i feel like there were so many similarities between this and the dawn of the plenty of apes
0: yeah and it's and it really is it's one of those things where it's like even that i know that they're it's going to be like that where each of these movies is probably going to be just as predictable as the last but i don't Mm -hmm. think i'm going to care while i'm in them i think i'm going to just enjoy being there i equated it to it's like the fast and furious movies where like I'm not I, I certainly I saw it got nominated for some golden Globes and and that's fine. I, I i'm I'm gonna allow it. but at the same time, it's not a movie that is like an Oscar worthy film from that story perspective. But it's this sort of movie that like I would go see in theaters multiple times just because I want to be have that theater experience of just I, I felt so immersed in this movie, more so than most of the other movies this year, which uh was cool. I, I really liked that. Like just I kept looking too, and I because I'm so you know, I was super cynical about the first movie, but I was sitting in there going like, okay, when's the CGI gonna break? Like, when am I gonna notice? Oop, oop, I'm like that's not good CGI. And I couldn't find it. And I was I I was honestly not even that mad about it. I was like, man, this is just the the, the close ups on their faces and like when the water would be dripping on their faces and all that. I was just like, this is just even the night scenes looked good. And mm-hmm. I was just beyond impressed. The creatures looked cool. I loved the whales. Uh, if we want to talk about the whales for a little bit, those whales were Uh, I had seen a I don't know if it was like a tease or something, but someone said something like, yeah, in the middle of the movie, uh, you know, you know, this is a James Cameron film when you have a whale talking in papyrus for 30 minutes or something like that. (laughs) And I was like, that sounds super weird. And then when I was in the movie, I'm seeing the papyrus font and I was like, oh, actually, I thought it was like a papyrus scroll." i was like i like papyrus fun i used to use that when i was in middle school (laughs) i was like that was cool and there's the whale part wasn't even that bad like there it was a flashback for like 10 minutes so i was like man people must be really digging for like focus on the plot if you're gonna tease this movie don't focus on the whales they didn't do anything wrong they they were perfect
1: (laughs) and i think that's the point too because people are talking about talking whales like I think this is like life personified if we really knew what all the living beings around us had feelings had you know um we're all interconnected to us and closer to us than we think we're so used to like kill 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 like this colonialism capitalism mindset like conquering Mm -hmm. things rather than things being you know not necessarily our equals but like but just you know, living and breathing around us, that is foreign to us. Yep. So I I think that was just like a beautiful thing about the film. It's again like circle of life. We are all connected. We are all in this together. So I, I loved it. Absolutely. Yeah. And the token mean... that was so beautiful. Like the eyes and just like, you know, the like how the the sun is it low low Loak? Loak is the sun? Like the rebellious son's name. Uh-huh. probably get into that but I just like love how we just saw there's so much interconnectedness exile token son who was kind of like a little bit like exile felt like he was outside of his family like coming together so yeah everything about that like having the spirit sister like yes absolutely, absolutely stunning
0: and it was devastating when she got, and again, it's like, I'm hooked on this scene, just like, wow, this is, this is uh what was it called? The deadliest catch. Yeah. But at the same time, it was like, God, these people, and I, I, Jemaine Clement did such a good job in this movie. Uh, not only with his American accent, which I've never seen him do before, but just being the guy who was kind of that mouthpiece of like good people. Where, I mean, he's still, he's still there and he's still following orders, but like explaining about, you know, how intelligent these whales are. And I loved the scene where they're extracting the goo from the whale, which again, you know, here as a nitpick, I was like, what is the point of any of this? Like they go onto this tangent of, oh, you know, this is the most valuable resource out there. I was like, I thought you're trying to come to Pandora to live here, not to like mine resources. But again, he did these like little drops of like ooh, okay, so this thing uh, is longevity, gives you long life. Is that going to play into future films? I have no idea, it but-
1: definitely was some, I'm like, okay. They had, like, there's, there's no reason it they didn't because no again, way. it
0: was out of left field. I was like, wait- It was what?
1: very out of what? left field.
0: Because I assumed, I mean, didn't you assume that it was like, you know, blubber basically? Like, oh, they're going to, you know, they kill the whales and use the blubber. and I, I had no idea there was some secret, like, goo that also, you know, is there-
1: and I feel like that made sense, though, because at first I'm like, okay, you're having this special force. I know that they're trying to build new life on there. They kind of like, talk about an NPC villain, the colonel. Like, oh, my goodness. I'm like, you had to give them some other reasons on trying to conquer this land. Like, It's like, how do you have a whole team just to just to take down Jake Sully? I'm like, come on, that's so... I'm like, is it really worth it, you know? So, but I get it like he's leading people that are stopping their operations and things like that. So, I like that they gave another reason why they are trying to conquer because um one not only does it, you know, make something fresh for the next film, but um it also gave us a more of an understanding of like what are the stakes here.
0: Right. Cuz they, you know, and maybe we'll we'll uh uh talk about that a little bit too is the the trajectory of these films so i laughed my butt off back in the day when james cameron said that he had scripts for avatar what was it two i think at the time it was two three four and maybe a fifth one and now he's talking about like a sixth one and i'm just and i'm like brother what are you doing and then after this movie though i was like okay i i could see what those movies are about like we i kept i was joking with my cousin i was like you know, where's the movie where we actually get to see Earth? Because we saw Earth for like probably five minutes in the first film, and this whole whole thing is like avatars. So, in a sense, it's like I was making fun of it at the time. But now I am curious because you've got the drop the Easter egg dropped by the other colonel that uh they're planning on migrating everyone from Earth here because Earth is unlivable that's really interesting. I was like, okay, so now we know kind of why they're doing what they're doing. Makes total sense, right? Goes back to the the uh, tease of it. the first movie being Pocahontas. It's literally the exact same thing of them wandering off to another continent and choosing that as the home and kind of ruining everything there. But you get the added piece now that, okay, you know, there's a layer of resources, right? They want, it's like Wakanda. They've got the whales that have this really rare resource. I wouldn't be surprised if there's other, I mean, just as an ex- the Navi thing that connects them to the memory thing, like there's got to be a resource there that the people could pull, right? That Like, ooh, maybe that increases Computer technology for the humans or something. So I think that movie would be really interesting. But you're right too that like the villains were just honestly. I'll be honest. I think almost all of the characters in this movie felt like NPCs except for maybe Sigourney Weaver's character. Just because they all no one performed out of type. Jake Sully was the soldier that's become a father that uh, is tough on his kids. I didn't really see much more than that. Zoe Zoe Aldana's character. We'll do that. Let's talk about the characters. So we'll we'll start with Jake. Um, I mean, he's the only character whose name I knew throughout the film, even because I again, I was not familiar with any of these characters, but um, no one really gave like a super lasting impression on me, Uh, except I was glad to see where Jake kind of went now that he's he's full Navi now, which is great, I guess, you know, they've welcomed him into the culture and they've they have had kids now, which is great, too um did you have any uh like thoughts or any standout i guess we'll just say it that way because like any standout characters that stood out to you
1: yeah i i wouldn't say i guess this is where we disagree in terms of like other characters yeah i'd
0: love to hear it i
1: get it that okay yeah they operate as if you know like was it nitri like Zoe Sotano's character like the protective mother he's a protective father so many parallels with him and caesar from planet of the ape series oh um, true yeah but i I just really loved to like see like the family that he built. and I mean, they both built and just him being like that protective father trying to um trying to teach his family not only ways that he knew, but obviously ways of his people. I think it was a really interesting bet- a dynamic between Jake and um, yeah, Jake Sully. and I don't know. I could be butchering her name wrong. Sorry, listeners. Mitri is always so Donna's character because it's like it was so obvious. Like he's so not native. Um, and she is, and their dynamic is just so refreshing because of that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I I just thought he was a great leader. Granted, I feel like he had a lot of blind spots, especially when it came to his son. But I think overall I loved his character. But I I guess, do you want me to say, like, my standout character now or, like, later? Sure,
0: yeah. Who was it? Did you I have think one? My,
1: I mean, definitely Lowak, the son, like, the rebellious oh, son. Oh, yeah. Because I think in a lot of films, it's like the rebellious son. It's usually they're the ones that pass or it's like they have to make the final sacrifice. But I feel like with him, it's like, okay, there's a, there's a deeper meaning into the things that he did. And I feel like that was truly explained. Like he loved nature. He felt more connected with animals and like seeing his um, connection with Piacon, that ultimately is the reason why they were all saved. And like seeing him rise up as a leader, I thought was absolutely beautiful. And I, I love how they teased, I forget the the girl's name from like the water, kind of like the water tribe, um, mm-hmm. like their connection too. Granted, he's like a rebellious teenager, but I felt like through his character, there was so much more like beauty that was explored. Like he wasn't just like the bad son. There was more to it when you kind of pull back those layers. So um, he was definitely the standout character for me.
0: Yeah, the uh, he, and I would say I would have said him, I, I, either him or is there was her name, uh, Kiri, the mm-hmm. uh, Sigourney Weaver's character. And the only reason I'd give him an edge is because he's actually a kid playing a kid and not an adult playing a kid, which was really weird watching. Uh It was very hard for me to focus on her uh, just because I kept like I was like, that's just I couldn't. It's very yeah. uncanny. But at the same time, her character really int- – her, hers to me was the most interesting character because I think they're clearly setting her up for something in a future film of – and we'll talk we'll talk about that as we get to it because I did have a question around her. But in regards to The Sun, I, I completely agree with you. I love the – you know, from the beginning, he was the classic, and this is why I said NPC, they're all NPCs of like, just the classic kid getting in trouble, doing things he's not supposed to be doing every single time his his father says, you shouldn't do this thing. And he's like, Oh, well, I'm going to do this thing. And that's what propels the plot forward is that he keeps screwing up and getting in trouble. And his older brother uh is not keeping an eye out on him which i liked that piece uh but you know you're right and i think at least on my end when i say that they're like npcs just in their own character the thing that i really liked was the interactions between their characters that i really liked like i i really liked when they go to they go to the water place and you know for a second there i was like uh are they even going to get welcomed in And the leader is like, we're going to treat them like our brothers and sisters. You know, you're going to start learning about having to do this. You're going to pull your weight. And then we get to see that extended scene of them learning how to go underwater and all of that. But then like the the brother teases them and the sister's like, hey, no, like don't tease them. We need. And I was just like, I like this. Like, yes, people are going to do that. But you always need someone there to kind of stand up for the little guy and be like, hey, we're trying to, you know, they're part of our family now, so to speak. So to see them kind of evolve I loved the bit with him going, you know, wow, this extra finger, you know what it's used for. And then yeah. punches him in the face. Again, I was like, you got to be kidding me. But at the same time, I was like, that's pretty clever. I liked that.
1: Right. And I was uh, waiting for like, okay, showing them the advantages of being like a land person. I oh, true. The, the punch, I guess, mainly. But I thought that was.
0: Maybe they will the next time, too. Because I, I assumed I w- as they were doing this, I was like, oh, so every movie is going to be Jake selling his family going to a different habitat. Of people, of Navi. But then at the end of it, it was like, no, we're staying. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. I really like that because I like these water people. But mm. um, the parents, uh, which I did not know it was Kate Winslet who played the mom. Yeah,
1: I just read that two before. Yeah,
0: but... wow. Um, they were identical to the other parents. I, I could not, you know, if you just stay in looks, they looked different. But in actions, they were the exact same, right? It was a father trying to protect his family uh, very hard on his son. And uh, a mother who's also kind of paranoid about her family, a lot of screaming from both of them, which I uh, I felt bad for Zoe Zeldana's character it was uh, Nitri that, mm-hmm. um, I mean, she had some standout moments with uh, the action sequences. I oh, mean, yes. give the- her a bow and she is, holy cow. Especially
1: the people, like the guys in the, like the soldiers and those like flying, like those aircrafts. Yeah. Just completely just going in the center of it and hitting them straight in the heart. Through the aircraft. window,
0: into the heart. I mean, it was like, it wasn't even a big song and dance about, oh, you've got to hit this specific piece of the, of the thing to get it to explode. It's like, nah, I'm just going to kill the driver and then right? you know, it'll crash. <laughs> awesome that was amazing but then outside of those battles it really only felt like she was sort of like jake's conscience in a sense to me it felt like she did a lot of it wasn't even complaining but it was like you know oh we can't leave when it was time for this for them to leave the forest and oh you know when when her son died and say you know it just it was a lot of her screaming whether it was when she lost her son or when her kids get taken probably four times during the movie uh, yeah. I've, I kind of wished for there to be a little more for her to do. But again, if they're teasing things in the future, maybe she gets more. It's certainly not like a huge complaint. But again, to that NPC behavior, I just didn't see anything outside of the motherly character besides yeah. those fights. Because, oh, my God, even when she's using her bow to beat up people was just and, and they kept making a point of the camera zooming in on the feathers mm-hmm. of her arrow of like, oh, she's here and she's coming. Right. Uh, that was cool.
1: Yeah, I love that. Also, when
0: the dad, the uh, the water dad uh, is on his and he does that like spin around with his his spear and throws it and gets the one guy straight in the chest. I was just, oh, man, there's there's some really good action in this movie.
1: It's phenomenal. Oh, my goodness. And it's so beautiful. Every scene is just like, wow.
0: I mean, you look at the like what you were saying about about uh, uh, was it Pio Khan? Yeah. When he leaps up and lands on the ship, I was just like, "Wow!" Because it's—I mean—it was the perfect whale jump, and then just smashes on. And I was like, "Oh shoot, he's dead." They shoot the harpoon in his his uh his head. He just like knocks it off, and then yes. on the other one, he just died Like even he was good at action. Like I was yes, like, "I was like, get it, man. This is awesome." When he rips the and then the whole everything with Jermaine Clement being like, "What was that about you saying you were the most intelligent species,
1: boss?" I right. was just
0: like get gone man like oof it was it was very satisfying to see that guy's arm get ripped off
1: <laughs> oh absolutely and oh man that was great And then, especially the scene with paya Khan, like and we didn't even get to talk about the low whack and that like scene with like jake his dad like saving him and like getting him to like survive oh yeah teaching him about the way of water yes and then PyCon like came and like got them up when he you know oh my god it was so beautiful I, and again it just that's like, where
0: i teared up was when they're on the whale fin and he says i see you and yes. i was just like finally and again it was like you know you should have seen him all along but i that that was like the perfect uh again i haven't seen we've seen it before we've seen the dad who you know is distant from his son and reconnects by the end of the film I haven't seen it in a while and I haven't seen it in an Avatar movie. So it worked really well for me. And it just it hit home. And then on I, I, I cried again at the very end when they connect to. So is that thing that they connected to? Is that like the wall of memories or something like that?
1: At the very end when they got to see their son who passed. Yep. Yeah, I forget I forget the name of it. It's Tree of Something, but yeah, they it I think that's why. Actually, I don't know why Kiri had the seizure when she connected to it. See, but that's, what, that's but... my
0: question is what's up with her? Because she clearly had something going on. It definitely wasn't like a seizure. It was clearly because she's connected to everything more than everyone else. Right. Like when she connected to, she's like orchestrating the fish in the water and all from the very beginning. And she had no training. So there's clearly, she's got some sort of chosen one mentality going on
1: exactly and I mean that's they have that mystery of like who her father is right exactly we don't know who it is exactly they I feel like that's going to be like a big thing for like a future film because it's going to be some sort of it's going to be something huge there um but I think in general like how it works with other avatars with that kind of like that tree of memories um it's Just, I think that's like a great way, kind of like the ancestral plane, like them to reconnect right. with the loss and kind of help us as the audience, too. As well, um, the fact that they can go back there and see people and it's like piece together like memories, mm-hmm. and they're also the consciousness of like past. I mean, that's how I thought of it. Like, okay, since when they put the past son kind of to the water, like the earth kind of like swallowed him up, and I feel like okay, now they're able to take his yeah consciousness or like some Mm -hmm. part of his essence i thought that too that so i thought that's like a great thing especially we get to see it with future movies
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just a fantastic message too about death not being the end. And especially when you're looking at it from this cycle of rebirth with the earth. It's that same thing. We're all a part of that. And you know, once we die, we become part of the story. And I love that it was like, you could go back and look at your memories while having knowledge that you are doing that which I thought was really cool versus, you know, he can still interact. Like people can see you in the memory, his son's interacting with him, but he knows that it's not real or that it is real, but that, you know, it's this, is this thing just beyond. I mean, it was funny. I didn't care about that son throughout the movie. Like, uh, you know, at the beginning I was like, Oh, cool. Like he's teaching his son how to fish. I liked that. I was like, that was pretty cool. And then throughout the movie it was like, okay, every time, sorry, sir. I should have been there. Sorry, sir. And I was like, okay and then even when he died i was like okay i wasn't even that sad about it and then when that scene hit though i was like okay all right, right. <laughs> all right i'm I sad kinda now knew,
1: i kind of knew he wasn't going i knew he was gonna die feel really like. yeah so the ones where it's like okay when that scene where they got in trouble with like the dad like Lowak wanted to go down and help and everything like that i'm like okay he's gonna be the one that is especially when they weren't showing him he they didn't give him much to do so it's like it was easy to kill him type of thing because we didn't have every other character except for him and Tuke had like their own identity they had their exactly. own throughout the film so and i feel like they're not going to kill Tuke, just too adorable by the way i
0: mean so, she okay. she gets the moment of what you say uh can't believe i'm getting tied up twice (laughs) and i'm sitting there and i literally i was like i'm thinking that same thing because what a lazy storytelling but at the same time like i was like cool you can't kill a little kid but yeah when he when he died i was like that makes total sense like we did not get a lot of time with him he didn't really have a purpose other than to be now probably a driving force for um for the other son Loke. Right. Uh, it's almost it like through.
1: they needed to juxtapose for Loak's character development. They needed to juxtapose a more, you know, the perfect son type of persona.
0: I think you're right. That's probably yeah. what it was. And I I mean he even kind of says that too towards the end, right? Doesn't he say apologize or something? Sorry yeah. that I wasn't the perfect son or something like that.
1: Right. And I think with Tuke, <laughs> I just think I love that line. It's like, Sully stick together. Meanwhile, you're a little tiny kid. Like, Oh, I gotta go get Carrie. And it was just like, it was a great representation of knowing all the, the values that Jake and his whole family kind of adopted of like staying together, like family being. That's Yes. I,
0: I love that. And then the whole message too, which again is, it's a timeless message of, you know, you aren't uh home is home is where you are. It's not where Home is the people you're, what is it? I mean, how does he say it? It was something about it doesn't matter where we are as long as we're together. Right. Uh, just that whole message. I, I loved that because th- she was so sad and not wanting to leave. And it was like, but we kind of have to leave. Like, you gotta, I did like that. I like that he was like, you know what? I'm not waiting. We're leaving. We're, we're gone. Like, it wasn't, yeah. you know, this long thing where they come to the village. And, and so that part, that part worked out for me well. I like that. For sure okay so let's talk about spider before i I was going to say we'll talk about the villain but let's talk a little bit about spider i have a note here never trust a white guy with dreads called spider
1: (laughs) 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 my my friends are just talking about white guys with dreads because it's very common in portland (laughs) but no i think that's a very fair statement
0: (laughs) he was an interesting character i it They threw a lot at me, at least at the very beginning of him explaining his family, which I loved. I loved that he had such a diverse family, but it it was almost comical to that point where it was like, okay, so you've got I think it was a biological son. And then maybe it was another biological son and then an adopted daughter who is the immaculate conception of (laughs) Sigourney Weaver. And then you also have an adopted son who's a human named Spider, who is the son of the villain. And I was just, and then now you've had another baby. And I was just like, this is, this is a lot. But Spider, yes. he he definitely grew on me. And he almost became, in my eyes, one of the most interesting characters in the movie. Just because, again, he, the movie itself had very NPC behavior as the scorned son. But at the same time, I just, something about, like, I kept waiting for him I kept waiting for that—that that, uh, you know, the cliche moment of Spider. You betrayed us. You worked with the bad guy. Yeah. but that never came because he never betrayed his people. He just was there and didn't like it. Um, but yeah, uh, and we'll talk about kind of what happened with him at the end. But what did you think of Spider?
1: I I was in the same boat because at first I'm like the acting was the best, and I keep wanting yeah. to call it Mowgli because that's what it.
0: Right. <laughs> yes.
1: But Bohemian I, I Mowgli. Was, right. It it definitely gave off like. Like, okay, conflicted two people who am my identity crisis. But I, like you said, I love the fact that that he still ended up helping out at the end because I thought, I realized the scene they kept showing him and like, basically like the cockpit of whatever that ship was, he was trying to understand how to do those, like, uh, navigate the ship. So yeah. that's why he ended up actually being able to crash that ship and save people. Um, I thought, like, oh, wow, he's being indoctrinated. He's being, right you know, convinced. Like, oh, this stuff is so cool. But meanwhile, he was just taking note of his surroundings. Um, I really liked it. You can tell that there's definitely a thing between him and Kiri. He's very much in love with her. Um, And I just love, too, like, they said he was too young to be in, like, a Cairo chamber. So that's why he had to stay. Mm-hmm. So... It was always funny to just see him with everybody else, like towering over him. It was a little uncanny, um, but I thought his character was very strong. Um, and we'll talk about the ending, but overall, I I really I really love what they did with his character. Did
0: you ever see uh, Land of the Lost with Will Ferrell? I have not no oh, there's a little monkey guy in that movie that he he kind <laughs> of reminded me of as well but no I, I didn't even think about that of him sitting in the the cockpit and learning I I kept waiting for that moment though of like oh when is he because you know there's a great one of my favorite scenes in the movie was when they're going to capture the uh flying lizards
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he's like brings his gun out and spider says like uh, uh no you need to like do like he says jake did it like this and he goes jake did it the hard way and he was like yeah and he was like all right fine (laughs) and i just i loved that i like there and to say as much as i didn't like him and i guess to talk about the villain too but um I didn't like him in the first movie. I mean, he was the NPC villain and he basically was the NPC villain here, but he got some nuance and I really liked that. Like, I loved that where he's, you know, I, I was almost wondering if by the end of the movie that he was going to become a Na'vi, right? Of like, go. you know, oh, he's now fallen in love with this lizard that he's tamed and all this stuff. Maybe he decides that I'm just going to go live off on my own. Uh, and obviously that didn't happen. But this guy is an absolute coward. He is. I don't know why they hired him because he had the kids up to a knife to the throat like four times and couldn't follow through. And I'm like, if I was his boss watching this, I'd have been like, you're done, dude. Like, we don't need you anymore. He kept, he keeps, he's like, Jake, time's running out. I'm like, it's been like four <laughs> days since you threatened him like that. Like, he's got all the time in the world. You're not going to do anything about this. There are so many times where the fighting would start and I'm like, oh, he's going to shoot the kid. And he never did. He's like, mm-hmm. ah, I'll just figure it out later. But then it all came to pass when, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, when, what's her face, Nateri N- 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 has the, has a Spider. And I that scene was really powerful because I was like, is she gonna kill her adopted son? But at the same time, she has every right to do that. And she even says it, right? A son for a son. And mm-hmm. I was just like, Oh my god, like a man, like what, what's the relationship between her and Spider gonna be like going forward? Like, uh, do I still call you mom after you tried to kill me?
1: Exactly. Uh, and especially the scene because I I like I was where you were I'm like I thinking that Spider was going to turn because remember it showed Spider's reaction when they showed the video footage of Neritri, um Zoe Saldana's character killing his biological father oh, mm-hmm. and so when she was about to kill him it was almost as if the Colonel was like Thanos but if Thanos didn't have the balls to kill Zoe Saldana so <laughs> in the end game like yes. As if, like, okay, but he actually had feelings, like, he actually had, like, a paternal responsibility for Spider, which I thought gave his character a lot more nuance than just being, like, an NPC villain. Yeah. But it was, that was a very intense scene like son for his son i'm like what is going to happen here
0: and then you know all the kids leave and he says something like you're gonna run from me now jake because i'm gonna chase you for the rest of your life and he goes all right let's do it and i was just like let's go <laughs> like oh because you Ow! know he would have kept going up oh man but so that leads me to what i think is probably one of the most interesting uh i don't even know the, you know conundrums that i can come up with which mm-hmm. is Spider saves him and. I'll be honest, he should have been dead. He's been underwater for how long? He's never trained to breathe underwater, and he's still alive? I don't buy it. But Spider saves him, and Spider also does everything else right. So he saves him, in my eyes, with a loving heart. He wasn't saving him because, oh, I think my father is right, because he even drops him off and says something like, screw you, and leaves. Actually, he drops the only F-bomb in the movie. Uh, When he goes back down to get him. And I was just like, the mental gymnastics I had to do as an audience member, I I know they put the thought into it with him. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, did he do the right thing? Because I don't like the fact that we're going to have the same villain now for three movies in a row. But is that the moment then that changes him? He's already been on this path of, I kind of see Spider as my son. He just saved me. I'm just going to go live off as a, you know, a crazy military guy in the woods, right? Like, you know, some, you know, doomsday prepper. Maybe he does that and we don't see him again and he comes back as a good guy in the fourth movie. You know what I mean? I don't know, but I just, I was sitting there going like, so is he going to tell his family that he did that? And and like, is he wrong for doing that? Because I don't think he is wrong, but at the same time, he shouldn't have done it. But at the same time, he did, like, oh, tell me what you thought. Because like I said, I just was so... Not confused, but I just, like, it was a very gray moment.
1: Very much agree. gray moment. I was in the same boat. Because at first, I'm like, why did he save him? I'm like, this man reincarnated himself. He is nothing but rage. Like, kill him off now. But I realized uh, Spider-Saw, remember, um, the colonel saved his life by when, like, uh, Zoe Sodana's character is, like, son for his son. He's like, okay, I don't want you to kill Spider. The colonel right. did it. So he felt like an obelisk spider fellow. Like, okay, he saved me. I need to save him. And I really hope, I I just, I highly doubt James Cameron would do this. But then again, I'm like, you know, he was a villain in this movie as well. I do not want him to be the like the villain for the next film. Like that Why would not? just be so repetitive. Like you said, I think he's going to be changed in some way. And I think him, Jake and everyone else who have like an understanding of how the sky people think are going to be coming together to try to defend this land that they all have grown to love. Um, Yeah. I just, I really hope that he's not the villain, but it's still, I feel like Spider's not going to tell them. It's going to be like a surprise, which is going to be like a mind blowing thing. I
0: know. And it's still, it's going to be that classic cliche of he reveals it and then they exile him for a little bit and blah, blah, blah. But no, I think, you know, and it's been, it's making me think about it because it seems like the end game is that the humans are going to leave earth and come to Pandora to settle here. Mm -hmm. And in my eyes, those, those humans are very anti um, the, what do you call the, the, the natives, Mm -hmm. the Navi. Navi. Um, And so when you're creating your new regime, are you going to want any Navi around or would it make more sense to just be start fresh and clean with all of the humans? Because, you know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, the humans could come and coexist with the Na'vi if they really wanted to. They could become friends, have a section of the planet where they stay and they interact. That makes sense. I don't think they want that, though. And so I could imagine the colonel going back to base and seeing that and being like, so what are you going to do with me when it's done, right? Are you going to just kill all of me and my crew? I'm out of here. And then becomes that thing where again the big reveal being i'm gonna fight with you guys i'm still salty and an anti-hero but now i'm on the side of the angels, so to speak that would be really interesting especially if that gets some reconciliation between him and spider Uh, i'd be down with that for sure but yeah if they if he came back as the villain again i mean i was rolling my eyes with him just coming back once when he's got that video of him (laughs) you're a marine hurrah i was just like oh my god what was it you can't kill a marine uh we if even if we die we will regroup in hell i was like oh my god
1: it's <laughs> so corny i'm like get, oh, turn off yeah. the screen but yeah i think again like the the similarities with like the planet of the age franchise definitely leading up to some sort of like war, yep. like a larger war, not just like a small amount of people who are, you know, sitting here to to learn and things. It's going to be a, a great migration from humans to, to Pandora. And I think, I mean, again, I think that's the beauty of this film when you take it away from Earth and you look at something so beautiful as Pandora, the similarities of like, you know, how indigenous cultures and colonialism has just completely rid, um, you know, culture, rid like natural cycles of things, like being one with earth and having kind of like that re- regenerative mindset. Mm-hmm. It's it so stark. And I I love kind of like the Lorax. I don't know if like you see, yeah. just like, we love the trepula trees. We love that environment. Like as an audience member, we're like, no, we want to protect it. So I think the same thing with Pandora, they give us this beautiful new landscape and it's up to us to see like, well, this is earth. This is the beauty that we have. And we just can't, we as humans are so conditioned to like, you know, Bayou's waste to kill, to destroy, to overcome. Yep. And I'm hoping that at the end of the film, it's like that we can all coexist together. I mean, I hate humans. Like it's so crazy as a human. I'm like, I want all them to die don't come to Pandora right <laughs> I mean that's that's the type of energy like we need to like to to understand like you know what we have and I have like you know, bring so much destruction with us but I'll yeah. hop off the bucks there but no I just, and it totally makes it
0: makes me wonder is is the solution because I uh, you know the colonel gets his all of his memories and personality backed up onto a file, and then he's turned into a Navi. Is mm-hmm. that the solution? That humans just get their, a backup of themselves put into being an actual native person on there, so that they can learn and be appreciative of the way things are? I mean, to me, that is honestly what I would want if I was if I was a human fleeing to a different planet and those were my choices i would pick that every day because it's the ultimate fresh start right you're becoming literally becoming a brand new person with your same memories but now you get to learn a new culture you get to become what you clear like if you're having to leave earth you've failed you've failed as a society you failed as a species it's time to try something new and so i that would be a really cool plot but again You know, there's an overpopulation conversation there, too. You're going to bring 10 billion humans as Navi. But okay. answer me this. You know, there's those opening scenes where all of the flare ships are coming in. And that that was devastating when they landed and all the everything burned everything. I was I was like, wow, this is really early. And then they were like one year later and I was like, oh, wow. Um, But when they're coming in, there's like a small moon and then there's a giant planet. You remember that? Which one of those is Pandora?
1: I think the giant planet is Pandora, because I, I, I vaguely remember a scene like that in the first film, but I have to go back to it. Okay. I think so.
0: Okay, because moment- I was like, so is there like another planet out there? and Or if it is the big one, then maybe they're fine. Maybe 10 billion people can fit, because I think they made it look like that planet is 30 times the size of Earth, you know what I mean? Like it's a big planet, but it just looked like the ships were le- heading towards the tiny one. And I was like, So is it Pandora like a moon around an even bigger planet? And that's what the sixth movie's about, is <laughs> you know? Oh, so, wait,
1: I just looked it up, Alex. Pandora is a moon slightly smaller than Earth, so yeah, I have it, I had it backwards.
0: So that, so. May, then i'm calling that too i hope we get a movie where we see what's on the big planet because that planet was huge and that scene, did that scene that scene give you a doom earth, vibes?
1: i think that's earth
0: so pandora is a moon around earth
1: pandora is a moon slightly smaller smaller than earth and it orbits a gas oh wait sorry it orbits a gas giant called polymysius
0: Ooh, I like that name. I
1: don't know what that is. So I don't know a gas planet. Does that mean it's livable? Maybe it's not. No,
0: probably not. But who knows? Maybe the secrets revealed that it wasn't a gas planet all along. And
1: I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that was the first website I looked at. So don't hold okay. me to it. But I think that's it looks like Pandora is like, yeah, it's not that humongous planet like I thought it was, I guess.
0: Still, that's that's I don't know that to me. That scene did it remind you of Dune? I know you didn't like Dune, yes. but that opening of Dune, Alex, where ships I love Dune. I love
1: Dune. What? I thought are you, you said you didn't like. Who didn't like Dune? It I was thought- not me. I love Dune.
0: I thought you I said you did Dune. not like Dune.
1: Alex, I, mm. I, I I like Dune a lot. <laughs> okay,
0: okay, then that's good. But yeah, the opening of Dune, when that literally the ships are coming out of space to the planets, yeah. so I was like. This is just like Dune. They pulled a lot from a lot of other movies, but they did it really well to the point where I wasn't upset at it at all. And it's mm-hmm. been so long since we've had a Planet of the Apes movie, Maya, that I think this this definitely wet my appetite a little bit with it from that regard. Because aren't they? Isn't a new one coming?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. oh,
0: I can't wait. I got to rewatch those because I love those Planet of the so Apes good.
1: movies. Good, they were so epic. I mean, and that's
0: what it was. Where it's like. These movies just understand the like, Okay, if you if you don't have that great of a plot, like we know the plot of Planet of the Apes, the the apes rise up, they take over and the place turns into Apeville. But it's how you get there. It's the character interactions that you have. It's the the scene, the scenery, the production design, all of that. They killed it in this movie. I thought all of that was great. It was so nice to see. I mean, even in the smallest moments, like, I'm I'm trying to think of, oh, okay, here's one, actually, I got on my notes. I loved how Jake and the Colonel a couple of times, but definitely Jake, kept running out of ammo. I liked that. When mm-hmm. he'd, like, reload his gun, and I was like, hell yeah, dude. And then he'd, like, get it, and he was like, oh, I'm out. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Because, you know, there's a limited supply of bullets. That made a lot of right. sense to me. I was just, like... For I love Planet Earth. I love Blue Planet. I love watching those, and this just felt like Blue Planet for a long yeah. time. And I, I mean, I could have spent another hour just sitting under the ocean and watch. She was staring. So gordon Weaver's character staring at that hole in the sand,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I was like, "What? What was, is that?"
1: I know, and they just glanced over. And they that. glanced over
0: it, and I'm just like, "Oh, <laughs> there." That's like again. How do you tease things in a three and a half hour movie? I don't get it, but he did it. He pulled it off because I really want to know. And so she met her mom in the in the scan thing and um, and gets to actually talk with her, but then starts having a seizure because maybe she's learned too much. I don't know, but there's something there. I've got like, is she the secret to unlock? Honestly, I hope they, I hope the next movie takes place at like three years later or something so that she's not playing a 14 year old kid anymore, but
1: yeah. I'm hooked.
0: Like I'm, I still stand by not being a fan of the first movie, but I am a fan of this one and I'm now a fan of wanting to see, I hope we don't have to wait another 13 years is all I got to say. Yeah.
1: I think, is it 2024?
0: I think 2024? so. I think, yeah. I think they're doing it every two years.
1: Yeah. And kind of like off that Alex and you mentioned like, she like kind of being like a chosen one character it could be with like uh, uh, Sigourney Weaver's character being like the scientist. She may not actually have a father. It could be some sort of like Jesus type scenario, right. where, like she was so one with the earth, Hers because her avatar was impregnated. They said they have no idea what the right, so you know, what happened there. It could be something where, you know, her research brought her so close to something else and. Who knows what happened? I mean, it makes
0: it. sense if, like, the planet impregnated her. Yeah. Because she's so connected to it by being able to control everything that right. if she's connect, I mean, she's connecting to the main system, right? And that's causing her to short circuit because she yeah. is the main system, so to speak. That oh would be... Gosh. I got to know. And you know, it's nice. It's like, I'm content to wait too. I don't need the answers right now. Me this movie too. is big enough that I can go back and watch it a couple of times, you know, throughout the years to get, to get me to that point. But I will say as much as I, I don't like that James Cameron was very, very vocal about a lot of things. He said, you know, Oh, people love streaming. They're going to be fine with this, this runtime. And I'm like, uh, you can pause and go to the and they'll go to the bathroom at home. And I think he even said, well, when you go to the bathroom, just remember what scene it is and then go see the movie again. And I'm like, okay, all right. But then also, I'm telling you, this is the first time that I went to look up Showtimes for the Dolby Theater. And it was only Dolby 3D. Never seen that $23 ticket. And it just frustrates me that this is the movie that, again, no doubt, it's, good. it's a great movie. It's going to do really well. But is it because so many people went and saw it or is it because the ticket prices were so expensive because all of the showings are 3D, IMAX 3D, and Mm -hmm. Dolby 3D, which is how the first Avatar was. It has a very inflated – not again – Fine. It's still made more than Avengers Endgame, but it cheated because it re-released a bunch of times. It had all the big screen formats and not the same fashion. And so if this movie does the same thing again, congrats, James Cameron, crack the code. But my question is, why isn't anyone else doing that then? Why is it only James Cameron who has to release these famous, big, you know, huge movies that get all the awards? That part is the only thing that kind of upsets me about it is like – I don't know. I mean, it's it's already made mi- millions and millions of dollars, but a lot of that is based off of those high ticket prices. So I don't know if that's going to change. We'll see by the end of I'm sure we'll know more tomorrow on Monday when uh, uh, the final tally comes out for the weekend. But that's the other thing, too. This movie came out in China mm-hmm. and uh, none of the other big movies this year. I don't think a lot of them went into China because uh, which is strange because it felt like there are some things in here that China wouldn't have liked. But, uh, you know, like being a diverse family and all of that sort of stuff. But, hey, they pulled it off. They must be best friends with James Cameron or something.
1: Yeah, I think that's interesting, Alex. I do not follow. um, No, I've seen some people like critique James Cameron. So I actively have never watched one of his interviews. I've never read any articles around the surrounding business side of the movie. Mm -hmm. Outside, Like I knew it cost a lot of money to make it. Cause I knew like knowing how much I love the first one, I wanted to protect my perspective, you know, Marvel stuff. We, the business side is something we always talk about. So, I mean, I think I know that I would be so irritated and disappointed if I were to kind of like engage in some of that discourse, but um, yeah. So I honestly have, I have no idea what the conversation is on the business side.
0: <laughs> okay. So here I just found it as well. So mm-hmm avatar so this is from i follow uh it's called exhibitor relations um and they they tweet out every week uh just all the box office stuff and all that so Mm -hmm. it says avatar way of water dove into the global box office with 434 million dollars 300 million international 134 domestic and hopefully it does like you said hopefully it drives people to be a little more eco-friendly a little more eco-conscious Uh, especially in just that idea that we are, we really are connected with everything. And, and, you know, when certain things are being affected on the planet, uh, you know, we, we deal with those repercussions. And so it's important for us to keep that in mind.
1: Right. And I mean, the time is now, like, if anything, if anything's going to resonate with people uh, around the environment, around just the future of humanity, like, like, this is the perfect time. That's like the, that's the discourse right now. That's like the most, like Intense topic. So I think we're um, one of them. So I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people on a global scale. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. I hope it does very well. Um, and I, I totally get what you mean around like the high ticket price. The only option being IMAX 3D um is it's crazy yeah it just doesn't make
0: sense because other movies you can go there and see a regular regular imax or regular Dolby. why is this movie the one like that and i I, i'm almost positive it's because of james cameron i think he specifically says you need to see it in this and we're need you need to show it in this i don't know if that's a contract between him and the theaters or with the distributor in the theaters but i mean he did the exact same thing with avatar so uh, it's a smart business strategy. I'll say that for sure.
1: For sure. And I mean, I like, I can't complain. It wasn't amazing. Right. Was, I don't
0: think uh, I've heard a single person say, eh, it wasn't that good in 3D. It's, yeah, but they it, said it was amazing.
1: Right. And it was very, from a very privileged perspective that that is coming. It's like some people can't afford the extra $15 for the ticket. Thankfully, exactly. I saw it in matinee. So it was a little bit easier on the pockets, but yeah.
0: That was, and I just realized that $23 was the matinee price. mine so i think it was 30 percent off so it was probably like 26 or something i don't know i mean oh
1: my gosh yeah
0: so we'll see well uh maya any final thoughts on the film
1: i'm i mean like i i kind of opened it up with i i this episode i i mean love the strong things around themes around colonialism indigenous cultures being one with life and like not just us as humans but um, our ecology, our ecosystems, our environment, um, but also just loving the themes around family. You know, I love me, love me some Guardians, love me some Fast and Furious, all yeah. about that. Cheaper by the in the family unit—that's what like gives me those warm and fuzzies. Um, but I just think the beauty and like the amazing technology brought together to bring this film to life. Everything that I love was in this film, so mm-hmm. I couldn't be more more happy. I couldn't like kind of feel like this is like one of the, the last films I'm going to see of the year Um, and I, I'm just excited for the future they're setting up for future films as well so thanks for letting me have a space to talk about it because I know a lot of people are not the biggest fans of the film but I'm just fangirling and I will be like this probably for a whole another year to the next films out
0: <laughs> you know and, and it's funny because to me, it's like, I feel like I, I get, I do so much fangirling and fanboying at the Marvel movies when they come out, obviously, but then I have those certain other films where it's like everything everywhere at once, you know, I really did on that one. Um, but it's it's just, it's nice to have those movies that aren't marvel movies or dc movies that are like you have that time to be able to go i love this movie like i'm obsessed with it right now because i feel like it's not like that anymore i feel like there's so many movies that come out where it's like that was a really fun movie or that was a really good movie and then it kind of just you forget about it and this is one of those movies that i think will stay with you i am more than willing to eat some crow this morning and say that i enjoyed this film a lot way more than i thought i would um uh you know and again i i wouldn't say i'm at your level of loving it but I think where I'm at is way more than I planned on being. And so I, I like that the movie turned me around in that regard. And, and like you said, glad we got to talk about it because I have heard quite a bit of eh, around this movie. And Hey, if you feel that way, you have every right to, again, if you're picking up the plot, fair enough, but Uh, You can't deny that this movie isn't a gorgeous spectacle and a perfect piece of cinema that you can see in theaters. As the great Martin Scorsese said, I would almost consider this a roller coaster movie or a theme park ride. Uh, And it really certainly felt like a theme park ride at moments. So uh, Maya, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us about it. I'll be excited for, I think we're going to have a conversation later on uh, uh, Glass Onion. Uh, So whenever that comes to Netflix, we will be having an episode around that. But until then, keep it here at Comics and Cinema with your host, Alex Klein, and we will see you at the movies.